Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. It's My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. You can listen wherever you get podcasts. And you can also support My Little Underground for as little as $1 a month. Link is in the description and over at PeterAradio.com. This week on the show is another sequel. We got the music director of WFMU, Olivia Bradley Skill, returning to the show to talk about the recent WFMU fundraiser that was actually very successful. Her plans for Radio Row and her own show, Radio Ravioli, airs Mondays, 301 to 6 p.m. Eastern on WFMU. And I'm taking over Radio Row once again tomorrow, Sunday, March 28th, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on WFMU. And you can listen worldwide on WFMU.org. Now let's bring in once again Olivia Bradley Skill, music director of WFMU, right now on My Little Underground. Not going to waste your time. We're going to jump right into the meat and potatoes. All right. Um, congratulations are in order. WFMU has reached your fundraising goal. You must be celebrating. So excited. We've actually been trying to hit it for a few years now. And we thought we could hit it last year, but then COVID happened. So, um, yeah, it was really, really cool to, to hit the goal. So like, what, what were some of the, at least the most difficult thing about fundraising this year as opposed to last year because last what you guys did um the fundraiser during uh, when covid broke out or was it before yeah so last year was actually really funny um we started on february 29th on leap day and um just it wasn't really real yet it kind of got real in the middle of the marathon then people were like i think volunteers started dropping out we have volunteers answering phones usually during the marathon so some volunteers started dropping out and DJs weren't as really comfortable, but they were kind of still coming, but we weren't sure what was happening. And then we actually have a gigantic party at the end of the the marathon called Hoof and Mouth. And it's like a, it's just all the DJs get together and they do karaoke basically. And we have a live band and DJs will sing with them. And it was a really big debate over whether or not we should keep doing it. Um, and a lot of people like didn't want to be the person to say, I don't feel comfortable performing this year. <laughs> so we weren't sure like if we should do it or not. We actually, we stopped it. We didn't have the party last year. And that was kind of like, okay, COVID is actually happening. Um, so that was last year. But this year, it was completely different. It was, <laughs> nobody was at the studio. We had no volunteers. We have a small skeleton crew. We call ourselves a skeleton crew for some odd reason. Uh, of like six people coming in and so we didn't have phones this year it was all online donations and DJs were doing um, it's kind of a tradition in the marathon in our fundraising marathon to have co-hosts and just have somebody to talk with and talk up FMU and celebrate FMU so we did that all on zoom this year and um yeah, it was really different, and we're all hoping that we never have to do it this way again. <laughs> Is co-hosting for the marathon mandatory? Yeah. Yeah, it's mandatory. It's a, it's just part of the station's culture. I think it just celebrates live radio and spontaneous radio, and 
it's a community of people just getting together. So it's all like for us, the marathon is like Christmas kind of like in normal years. It's like everyone's there. There's food always a ton of people that you never see all year. You see them during the marathon. So it's a real party in normal times. So um, I think having a co-host kind of gets you in the spirit that way. So even if you're new, like this year, we had a lot of new DJs and they had to co-host with people they never, <laughs> they don't really know. They've never really met. I remember my first year I did it with people I didn't really know. <laughs> so it is like kind of mandatory and you have to, uh, you have to get like thrown in the deep end and do it. Yeah. I loved uh, your show uh, with Matt Warwick. That was highly entertaining. <laughs> and typically, I don't know if you listen to uh, a ton of public radio when they do their fundraising shows, they're not very interesting. It kind of feels like a commercial. I know it's something they have to do, but it doesn't feel like all that engaging, but sometimes, but when FMU does it, it's unbelievable. It's very entertaining. If I feel like I'm just, I'm there and I'm a part of it. Um, and it's, it's a real community. You really hear that. You know, some people say they, oh, we have a community here. Mm -mm. <laughs> FMU, it feels like it is true. So true. So do you get to pick your co-host? Yeah, we have this whole elaborate system um, <laughs> of like signups, like our station manager has a gigantic calendar and you sign up slots that you want to do or that you would feel comfortable doing. And then um, the DJ can can kind of give like their top five or their top two or their number one person. You can or organize it on your own or just wait for um, Ken to pick someone for you because he also has like a, a schedule you don't want to give someone too many co-hosts this year was kind of different like usually it's two or three co-hosts maybe three but this year I did like five co-hosts because we just needed more I could be in more places and stuff I was hard or organizing it over zoom but um, usually it's like maybe three per person max um, that probably so helps your show out a lot too jumping on different shows throughout the schedule. It gives you a chance to promote your show at the same time, as well as FMU yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really, I don't really think about it that way, but yeah, it is, it does like kind of, it gets you in the spirit a lot too, just like saying the same thing and kind of the more I hear the marathon, like the first day I'm kind of like, Oh crap, what is this pitches again? And what do I say again? How do I raise money for this place again? And hearing other people kind of say the words are like, Oh yeah, that's what we say. That's what we do. <laughs> do you feel like co-hosting during the marathon makes you a better personality and in turn make your show a lot better? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I feel like co-hosting is easy. It's just like, it's so easy to talk up another person. I love, I, I have nothing but good things to say about DJs at WFMU. And it's so easy to talk up FMU. Like when you're DJing and you're in charge of the show, you have to worry about the music and um, what you're going to play next. Who Are people actually donating to my show? Do people like me? Like your ego gets in the way. But when you're co-hosting, you're just like there for the ride and you're just complimenting the DJ and trying to help them out and make them feel better and talking up station that we all love. So I feel like it's super fun to be co-hosting because it the pressure's off. You're just doing it. <laughs> so uh, do you do you feel like outside of marathon times when you're doing, I know you like to have guests on Radio Ravioli a lot. Do you feel like, you know what, this week, 
let's bring another WFMU uh, DJ on to the ravioli to kind of mix up the gumbo. Do you ever feel that way? I don't do that that often, but I, I wish that I did. I feel sometimes people ask me to go on their show and I'll, I'll do something, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I kind of changed it up more and did that. Sometimes I think another kind of like FMU thing um, that used to happen more organically would be just transition moments. So the person before you, you would, um, they'd stay on a little bit longer and sometimes you would talk with them. Um, that didn't always happen with me, but I have done it before and that's really fun. Kind of like just five or 10 minutes. Uh, there's a few shows that have done that really well and they do it every single week. Um, but it doesn't really happen as much anymore because they're all in different places. <laughs> I used to hear it a lot with uh, Sheila B show and Shut Up Weirdo. I would hear. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. Usually come in. yeah. Yeah, Sheila and Michelle will kind of do a little back and forth right before Shut Up Weirdo will start. <laughs> and it's so it's truly organic. And in a marathon times, like Ken will be in the background and um, it's it's a really good. It, it feels like it's a good environment. You know, it's like a club that you wish you were a part of, you know, from a listener perspective. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel that way, too. I mean. I, I have felt that as a listener, <laughs> the feeling of like I'm in on the party. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just really cool. WFMU is, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what you said about like how in public radio it's super boring and it's like a chore and it feels like the opposite at WFMU. We try to make it fun because we have to do it. We have to stay alive. We're listener supported. So how can we do it fun, you know? Yeah, and it works. Trust me, it definitely works. <laughs> uh, I was in the supermarket last week when Sheila and Susie were doing were doing their show, oh, and yeah, I just got it so much done, and I was just listening to them do their thing, trying to sell FMU, and and it, it definitely worked. Uh, I remember they had like the fundraiser was up to like forty percent of the goal, and I think or sixty percent, and then by the end of the weekend, it was already that was it. It was a wrap. Yeah, um, it's crazy. It comes so powerful at the end. Yeah, you guys are like the like a combination of all the all the kids that weren't cool in high school, and they all just come together. <laughs> that's really what it is. It's the uncool kids table. That that's kind of cool now, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Radio Row, well, um, what do you have plans for Radio Row this year for twenty twenty one? Just keep on going. Uh, keep on doing diverse stuff. I mean. I feel like last year, the last few months of the show have been really um, exactly where I want it to be. So different each week in terms of style and the personality of the host and who they are, their perspective, where they're coming from. So I really just want that to continue and keep on expanding. We've actually had like two DJs from Radio Row who started there are now doing fill-ins on the main station. And that's been really exciting to see that I kind of want more of that, introducing more people to the station that way. That's kind of the goal of the show. So if we can keep doing that, that would be cool. How is that working now? Since not a lot of people are in the studio. Yeah, they're doing it all remotely for now. Um, nobody has, we haven't met them. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they're doing it all remotely. I mean, I, I sort of know one of them. They're like a radio friend sister you know 
cousin or whatever you would call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I sort of know one of them, but um, they all, they both want to come to the station when that's an option and hopefully volunteer. Hopefully I'd love to see it if they got on the main schedule sometime. That would be really cool, but we'll, that's not my decision, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. What are some of your favorite radio row shows that, that have been happening since you started it and why? Well, there's one that I really love is uh, John Chia. He's in Melbourne, Australia. Wow. This like full on hour of a collection of different voice memos. So he what? Has, like his friend's voice memos and his voice memos and there's sound recording, like field recordings or like ambient sounds. But then there's people talking and it's so like intimate and strange and uh, he's a really talented radio producer, like independent radio producer. And um, I don't know, it's just so, it's so different. It's such a mind trip. And it also you get to hear their like Australian accents, which is really fun. And he, I don't know, he's just really talented. And I loved hearing what he did with the hour. That's probably like the most different one that we've gotten. Um, there aren't too many collage ones. And I think that probably took him a lot of hours. So um, that's, that's one of my favorite ones, but in terms of music mixes, um, they're all, I mean, it's hard to pick favorites. I love, um, Domenica, DJ Domenica. She did like, kind of like Italo disco stuff. And, um, that was really fun. I think there are so many good ones. I'm trying to, let me see if I can pull it up. Yeah. There's always something different every week, like completely different from and very very diverse like like you said and that's the one thing that's one of the things i love about radio row and it's also a testament to wfmu because there's a lot of different and diverse kinds of programming that's not focused on music because i know your wheelhouse is like you know sound like what to do with sound and not just not just music mm -hmm. and i was listening to your show and you were talking about uh this record you were giving away that was made up of uh as plant recordings like what, what was that really oh yeah yeah, yeah. That was, um, so for, for our fundraiser, we have like DJ premiums is what we call them. Yes. They're unique. D they're like compilations that DJ make. Sometimes like Sheila B had a t-shirt, so you can do a t-shirt or a tote bag or a sticker, but the most common form is like a CD mix that DJs make. And so my mix was called plant-based melodies and it had, so, okay. I have to give a backstory. I, a few years ago, I did an event called Plants and Synths at WFMU at, in our Monty Hall performance space, which has been closed over the last year. And um, it was so much fun. It, we covered the place in plants. And um, we had like Greg Fox came. He did he's play synthesizers. And Yuka, Hon, Yuka C. Honda came and she played like synthesizers, electronics. And, um, uh, and Helica Negron had a keyboard made out of like fruits that she like you touch a fruit and it'll play a different note or a different sound because wow. uh, it's connected to like electronics or whatever so it was really fun and people like underestimated me on this event they were like no one's gonna come to this and it's gonna be a bunch of weirdos and if anybody comes Olivia good luck with this the place was packed people had so much fun and it was like the best best show at Monty Hall I've ever been to so anyway that's an aside. I had so much fun at that. And it really like, I did a, actually a couple of shows with plant music, people making music from natural, um, 
natural materials like branches or attaching a synthesizer to a fungus or whatever. So I went through like this whole series of shows a couple of years ago and that kind of got me interested in just researching more of it. And so the long story short, that's what plant-based melodies is. <laughs> it's just a collection of people playing with branches or um, like one guy is like doing a tree as a percussion instrument. Another person is um, just sticking a synthesizer w into a plant. And Helica Negron's actually on the comp sheet with her vegetable synthesizer. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's why you like that Lido Pimienta record so much. Miss Columbia was so tropical. It sounded like it was made in a forest and you just kind of hear trees and plants. And it came, when the album came out, it was around springtime. So it was perfect. And you gave that record away, right? On your show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. gave that record away. It's so good. So good. It's one of my favorite records. It just feels so, yeah, there's like a, like a sexiness to it, like a, like a tropical sensuality to it. Or like, yep. yeah, there's another record I gave away by Maria Uzbek um, called Enfejeciendo. And it's kind of the same thing, like this tropical, like vacation vibe where you just yep. feel like super powerful and like you're hanging out. <laughs> you played this very weird, um, uh, what's her name? She was married to John L uh, Lennon. Yoko oh, Ono. Yes, Yoko Ono. <laughs> I can't believe I blanked on her name. Yeah, yeah, it was so, it was so weird, but it was so good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, really you know, I like a lot of melody stuff like like Sheila, but man, that was so weird. And I just couldn't stop listening. It was so cool. The beat, it really like brings you into it. And even yep. like her weird vocalizations are odd. But like, I remember I heard that at my college station within our library. And I was like, oh my God, I've changed. I'm forever a weirdo or whatever. <laughs> like, it was just so cool hearing it and... It really changed. I think from that record, there was that. And then I heard like Brigitte Fontaine has this record that got reissued on Superior Viaduct. If, oh, a few of her albums have been on and um, like also does weird stuff in French. And it's so cool. Those change me. <laughs> if there's one thing you can change about Radio Row, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, we don't have... We haven't had many comedians on or like spoken word things like not even spoken word, but just like live talk radio on the sh show. And um, I'd be open to that. <laughs> I feel like those are harder to get submissions for. And we just haven't showcased anything like that yet. Um, and that's not my wheelhouse necessarily. But you mentioned Shut Up Weirdo earlier, and I love that show. Like, it would be cool to have a call-in show or just, like, a comedy show. Somebody doing, like, not even stand-up, but just, like, talking, telling stories or whatever. That would be fun. You just gave me an idea for uh, another Radio Row show down the line. If you let me, the next time you do it, I have an idea that's yeah. probably more talk-based. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I'd love, yep. I would love that. I mean... Yeah, even just like Hardy White is another talk show that I really love. He's on FMU. And have you heard that show? No. It is. He's from Florida. He lives in Florida. And it's just like going to church almost. It's like sermony and wise, but also 
um, like humorous and it's kind of like meta radio. Like he's a huge radio fan, huge. He's so smart and like with culture, he's in with culture. He's watched so many things and his show is just like a bunch of references to a bunch of other stuff. And I don't know, he's got a Southern accent and it's, <laughs> it's fun listening to him talk. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. It, it just shows you the reach of FMU. You go yeah. all the way around the world, all throughout the country, and you're just based in Jersey, which is really, really cool. So as an MD for uh, WFMU, is there anything that came through the WFMU pipeline, any music that recently that you just absolutely loved? Yes. One thing that I gave away on my show was the Lee Nalchi record. I don't know if you heard that one. No. From South Korea. and Oh, yeah, you played it on your show. It was really cool. It was so very, very cool. cool, right? This It's like really good bass lines and really good like instruments on it. And then she's singing in Korean, and it's just so cool. Um, and I feel like I haven't heard that record being played anywhere else, but it's getting a lot of love on WFMU, so I think that's cool. Um there's this long kind of radio opera, she calls her work radio opera. Her name is Yvette Janine Jackson, and she uses like synthesizers, but then she also has samples and spoken word. And she has this piece called Invisible People that is, um, there's a clip of Obama in it, and there's clips of different people in the Black community like talking about um, like, uh, LGBTQ and like gay rights and being gay marriage and things like that and it's all kind of like really what's the right word it's just like really thought-provoking she's black and I think she's amazing and I just love her her piece that's really cool um I'm trying to think of what else <laughs> uh oh there's these all these um oh okay two more Anna Roxanne I love Anna Roxanne do you know Anna Roxanne no so good she has the prettiest voice she's so her voice is angelic <laughs> she's kind of like grouper she's on cranky she, her latest record is on cranky records and she just has such a pretty voice and she puts it through loops and things and it's really nice and then um africa seven they've been giving fmu a lot of records and they had this one by joe biso um joe biso maybe that's his name but um, it was called African Disco Experimentals, and it's so groovy and fun. I deep cleaned my house to it uh, this past weekend. Yeah, this past weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I saved so I saved the album on my uh, on my phone oh my God, to listen to so it per, per your recommendation. It is so good. Yeah. Um, what else? I talked about this on my show. This isn't a new record, but I watched the Aretha Franklin documentary um, a few weeks ago. And it just like blew my mind. It gave me so many weird mutant memories I had of going to church with my grandparents. <laughs> and it was just like really fun to watch. So um, I would, I, that's been in my head a lot lately. But some of her early gospel work or early blues stuff is really, really cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you get a lot of emails or, um, from local Jersey artists or New York artists asking for interviews on the show? Or on the station as a whole. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I think from promoters and stuff like that. I wish that more people reached out to us 
one-on-one. I, I don't know if they always think about that, but I think that, like, DJs reach out to a lot of people as well. I know for me, um, when I, I have, I'm kind of, I went through a tear of just getting a bunch of guests on the show, and now I'm kind of, like, in my hermit phase. But when I was in that tear, I would just reach out to people that I liked. So I think that most DJs, like, reach out to people that on their own. Um, but, yeah, we get a lot of requests for it. Do you do you ever turn people away or do you get turned away by some artists or people in general recently uh, reaching out to you? Um, both. I mean, we we don't. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people reach out. We don't always it can't always work just based on it's tough right now because of covid. Um, like everybody's setup is different at home and. Some people have it set up to do interviews. Some people don't. I, If I want to do an interview right now, it's pretty easy because I still have access to the station. But a lot of DJs, they can't like get a phone thing to work or get it recorded or whatever it is. So, Or they just don't have time and they don't have the mental capacity to do it or they don't want to have a conversation that long. They just want to have a live set. And if they can't have a live set, then... It's not worth it for them. So there's a lot of different reasons we haven't been doing it as much lately. Um, but it does work out. And then for us, in terms of DJs or musicians saying no to us, I think that happens a lot, a lot too. I mean, sometimes schedules just don't work out or you can't plan it. And that's okay. Do it's you turn people away like because you don't like what they're doing? Is it, Did you ever come across anything like that? Yeah. But I try not to focus on those. I mean, we just, I don't know if this is the nice thing to do, but I, sometimes I just don't write back or sometimes I do. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's nothing, it's nothing personal. I don't know if I should say that actually on the show. <laughs> no, listen, uh, I've, I've turned people away. People have turned me away too, too. So, or, or I've been ghosted, but I don't think I ghost a lot. I try to write back and, but um, it happens, you know? Yeah. It's one of those things, yeah. We don't usually get a lot of cold calls. And and sometimes, honestly, just my email is so filled. And I see things and I forget to respond. Or I... There's that, too. This just doesn't work. But I don't know. I don't have the energy to tell them why right now. That sometimes that happens. Because it's literally just me answering my email. And I get a lot of emails. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I bet. What are some of your goals and plans for Radio Ravioli? in 2021? Um, I feel like I always get inspired during the marathon because I get to have people on and it makes me, it loosens the show up a little bit and it loosens me up. And I, that's kind of my goal in general in life in with the show too, is just to lighten up and have more fun. Um, I think I can be really in my head and really perfectionist and I just need to lighten up and remember that I love doing this and it doesn't matter what anybody thinks except myself. Um, I'm always, I'm always looking for new music. So I know I'm going to do that. (laughs) I know I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm super hot on having any guests on for now. Um, I'm just like really trying to hone in on what I love to do and what I love listening to. Just, I'm trying to be selfish, I guess. I feel like- (laughs) It's fair. You're allowed to be. Yeah. The year you had. I know. It's just like, 
and I, ch yeah, yeah, no, I, th I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, and right. also, I guess the outlet of having Radio Row as like my guest thing, that's like something else I can have going on on the back burner, kind of just lightens me up and feels like I can maybe have people on or maybe they, maybe not, you know. Because you can flex that muscle from a managerial standpoint, being, you know, having your hand in, in programming. And you, Radio Row is three hours just for you, you know? That's cool, too. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm trying to, uh, yeah, just do me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> an hour. <laughs> All right, remind us how we can listen to uh, Radio Ravioli. Radio Ravioli. It's on every Monday, 3.01 to 6 p.m. It's uh, right after the one-minute show with Jim Price. <laughs> and then Radio Row is on every Sunday, 5 to 6 p.m. Hell yeah. I can't wait to do it um, and to listen to the other. I'm going to try to listen to some of the other shows because um, uh, I want to like step outside of my uh, comfort zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah yeah mm -hmm. but also feel free to just do you and yeah of course whatever you want yeah no i love listening to the show i think it gives me that show actually is inspirational for me to kind of lighten up because um sometimes like you get in your head when you do something every week it's like i have to play something new i have to outdo myself i have to play something i never played before or whatever whatever it's just like constantly like putting too much pressure on it and then when I hear um, Radio Row, people are just playing like stuff they love or <laughs> like good music. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I don't have to like solve the world in a week. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> they're just playing good music and I'm having fun this afternoon listening to it. So <laughs> it's really uh, it's helpful for me to listen to that show every week. Great. Um, uh, thank you so much, Olivia One, for having me a part of Radio Row and for coming on to My Little Underground again. And you know you're welcome to come back anytime. Um, you're a great guest. And the last show we did was pretty popular. So you know okay. you'll be back again. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's so much fun. I love, I never do this. So it's fun to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Olivia. All right. See you later.